2: The Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into this super stack show, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world, all the Wrestling DeLorean passengers. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. All our fans from America, Canada, Mexico, Philippines, the UK, Australia, Germany, Ireland, Cambodia, Japan. They listen to me in Japan. They would speak my language, they listen to me in Japan. Shouts to all my fans from all over the world. I appreciate all the support. I love you guys. Today, we got a Super stack show, as always. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. We're going to be talking about NXT yesterday. And we're going to be going back in time, like we do every Wednesday, to the land of extreme. We're going to be talking about ECW Hardcore TV from October 11th, 1997. But before we get into the Superstack show, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at WrestlingDeLoreanPod. Follow us on TikTok at W underscore DeLoreanPod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLoreanPod. Follow us on YouTube. That means subscribe. Hit that like. Make a comment those post notifications on for your boy we got a lot of cool shit coming to the youtube channel really cool i know i've been saying that for quite a while but yo i got some big plans for 2022 speaking of 2022 we only got two more episodes including this one until we are in 2022 we will be talking to you live on friday we're going to have a podcast on new year's eve And of course, I will be covering the day one pay-per-view from the WWE. So stay tuned for all that good shit because this Wrestling DeLorean podcast is only going to get a whole lot bigger when we go into 2022. But right now, we're on one of the last two episodes of the 2021 version of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast live here from the new Wrestling DeLorean podcast studios. So let's cut the music. Let's get right into all this wrestling action, baby. Thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me into your morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I appreciate all my wrestling DeLorean passengers. Like I say, every single episode without you, there is no us. So thank you again for tuning in and downloading listening, whatever you do to your favorite podcast, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, thank you for choosing the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We got a super stacked show for you guys today. But first, it is in the news that there has been a lot of WWE COVID cases popping up with this new Omicron coming for the world. COVID's back with a vengeance, bro. And right now, the WWE's feeling the wrath, feeling the wrath, feeling the wrath of COVID-19. And it's it's a shame because it's... it's it's, it's fucking a lot of shit up. It has been reported that Seth Rollins was diagnosed, tested positive for COVID. And you know what? There's been a lot more cases. And something that really struck me was how much this has really been affecting the WWE is the Madison Square Garden Show for the WWE this past Sunday in my neck of the woods. Good old New York City in my neck of the woods was completely changed. There was a lot of card subject to be changed because of the COVID in the WWE. The main event was supposed to include Big E. It was supposed to include Seth Rollins. Instead, we got a cage match between Edge and... And Kevin Owens. And I'm not mad at that. Because that right there is a great freaking match. But it just shows how much things change because of COVID. Right? Seth Rollins being diagnosed with COVID-19. Right now, the match for day one. That four-way for the title. I'm going to talk about day one's cards later. But that four-way for the title right now is not touched. Right now, it's still the same. We're still going to get Seth Rollins, Big E, Lashley, and KO. But... If Seth Rollins cannot make it because he did test positive, it's a shame. The reason why this is so significant is because right now, I was just reading in Fightful, right, shouts shouts to Sean Ross Sapp and all the good people at Fightful, it was being reported that the WWE is no longer requiring you to get a negative COVID test at these TV tapings. So as the WWE gets hit with COVID hard, with the fucking, like a punch in the face. They are laxing their COVID protocol. So, what does that mean? Does that mean now are we going to be seeing a giant wave of positive COVID tests in the WWE? I hope not. I can't wait for COVID to just vanish. But, I hope not. People like Roman Reigns, someone who is immune compromised, someone who has, you know, battled with leukemia, who's currently your top champion right now, who's currently going to be in the main event of the next pay per view. If I'm Roman Reigns, I don't feel comfortable if WWE's laxing their COVID protocol. During the pandemic in 2020, Roman Reigns was not seen for most of the year because he did not feel comfortable being around in public and he wanted to stay home with his family, rightfully so. The guy was battling leukemia. So why would he feel comfortable going and wrestling every week? Now, as the WWE relaxes their COVID protocol and Roman Reigns is your champion, does this mean Roman Reigns does the same thing? Does this mean other wrestlers who don't feel comfortable take a step back and say, "Wow"? I I I don't feel comfortable unless you guys are requiring at least a negative COVID test at these TV tapings. It was reported that this week's Monday Night Raw, a lot of top executives, including Vince McMahon himself, was not there. I don't want to speculate. Does this mean Vince McMahon has COVID? I don't know, right? But all I know is now is not the time to change the rules when it comes to this protocol for covid now is the time to in my opinion you know i'm not going to give my political views on covid i'm not going to be oh well i'm pro vax i'm anti-vax none of that i'm not going to give you that shit right but i will tell you that now is not the time to take it easy now is not the time to say hey we're not requiring no negative tests not when your top stars like seth Rollins is being diagnosed with COVID so it don't make sense but speaking of Monday Night Raw let's get into Monday Night Raw there was a lot of good action on the show but a lot of last minute changes one match we were supposed to see was Omos versus AJ Styles that didn't happen Omos was not there a lot of wrestlers were not there and I don't know why it was not reported why, but the one thing I could tell you is that when it comes to WWE, they did they did make some replacements, and these replacements were welcomed. AJ Styles instead faced Apollo. This match was awesome. I really enjoyed this. AJ Styles is now full-blown babyface again. He was confronted by Grayson Waller, who I'm going to get into later when I talk about NXT. He was here on Raw to confront AJ Styles. Good to see some interaction between NXT 2.0 and Raw, but I'm going to give you my opinion on Grayson Waller and what I think about this whole storyline, because right now, I don't think this is it. I don't think he's the one, Chief. Grayson Waller's not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. I think that AJ Styles in NXT helping out the young guys is good. I think AJ Styles helping out the young guys in NXT is great, actually. It brings star power to NXT. Like I said, I'll get into it later, but I would have rathered it be someone else. Grayson Wall is not that guy, in my opinion. Another great match that I want to talk about that was, you know, flew over the radar a little bit was Riddle versus Chad Gable. These two guys fucking killed it. And the main event, Kevin Owens versus Cedric Alexander. A great, great match. Like I said, it was a lot of last minute replacements, but everything worked well. One of the main segments on the show, however, was the renewal of the vows between The Miz and Maurice, which was officiated by the returning Easy e Eric Bischoff, who was just seen on AEW uh, a couple months ago, had some choice words from AEW saying that he's not, you know, fucking with the product right now. And then he's on the WWE. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, Eric Bischoff was the officiator, the ordained minister. He was the guy who was officiating the renewal of the vows between the Miz and Maurice, which we all know, like every single other wedding in wrestling, there was going to be a interruption. On the last episode, I just mentioned how during Uncle Elmer and Joyce's wedding, we had the interruption of Roddy Rowdy Piper. It was a cringe wedding, but I'll tell you this: the Miz and Maurice was no Uncle Elmer and Joyce. <laughs> but it is to be expected. When was the last time that we had a wedding in the wrestling industry or the wrestling business and it didn't go without his, you know, rah rah? It's like a contract signing in the WWE or in any wrestling company. Somebody's going through that table, right or wrong. So. Of course, we expected something to happen, and we expected Edge to be there. Something I did not expect was the Brood Bath. Now, let's talk about the Brood Bath, right? Because Edge comes out. It was a, first of all, it was a funny segment. You know, Um, The Miz trying to talk French to Maurice, and Maurice was like, "Mike, just talk English. You're fucking it up, right?" That was funny, right? First of all, the started out with The Miz tripping into the ring. That was funny too, but. Edge comes out, he does the brood bath. Now, this is the second time Edge done a brood bath, a homage to his time in the brood with Gangrel and Christian. And I got to say, I'm not feeling the brood bath. The brood bath looks like a fucking, you know, a mud bath. That's, that's stupid. Like, the ominous the, I mean blood bath of the brood and Gangrel, the blood just spilling all out on you from out of nowhere. Like, that shit was creepy ass shit. This little black tar that falls from the sky, like, what the fuck? Like, is it not PG enough to spill red substance on you? It has to be black now? Like, what the hell? Like, this shit just looks weird. Anyway, so we, we just seen this with Edge and Seth Rollins. That was Edge's last feud. So when he did it here... With The Miz and Maurice, it wasn't... uh, it, It didn't hit the same. Whether the substance falling from the sky is red or black, whatever. But it didn't hit the same. Because it just happened. We just saw that. So, I mean... Why not switch it up a little bit? It's not like Edge waited a couple... A couple feuds to do it again. It was literally his last feud that he did. So, I don't know. I, I think that I would have rather to see something different pulled out here. But, whatever. This was an okay show. I, I, I did enjoy the action on Raw. A lot more than I did the, I guess, segments. You could tell that a lot of stuff was last minute because we had whatever issues was going on. So there was a lot of last minute stuff. So I I could tell you from the jump, this Raw was not the card that they probably thought was going to happen this Monday going into it. But it worked. Gable versus Riddle was fun. Otis versus Orton was fun. Cedric versus Owens was fun. AJ versus Apollo was fun. So the action was fun. I, I'm with it. I, the, the wedding was fun. I mean... Good show. I give it a three out of five. I, I enjoyed Raw this week. You know, clap it up for Raw. Clap it up for Raw. You know, it's not often that we give Raw its flowers. I I, I am more of a person who praises Raw when I do the fight for Monday night. I talk about old school Raw. Not, not really recently because, uh, let's be honest, Raw has been hard to watch. It's been hard to sit through. But, I mean, it, it seems like every single time WWE has to make a last-minute change... They actually do well. It, it kind of reminded me of when NXT invaded SmackDown a few years back because of most of the roster being stuck in Saudi Arabia. And we got that classic between Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. And we got Ciampa versus The Miz. And we got, you know, Riddle and Keith Lee and all these NXT stars on SmackDown. That was one of the best SmackDowns in years at that time. So, this usually, the last minute replacements and big show changes, usually in recent memory, leads to something good. So, this is what that felt like. I I saw a lot of good action on this show. But this show was leading, this was the go home show leading into WWE Day One this Saturday on Peacock. And let's talk about that card real quick. We got a really good card. This card is stacked. We have a double main event. Both title matches are going to be great. We got Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. That should be a really good matchup. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But the whole dynamic of the Paul Heyman firing and big country Brock, like that is a different dynamic to what we've been seeing with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I mean, yeah, so it's like they they built it up. Where they made me excited about a feud that has been done to death, kind of like in Survivor Series, Charlotte versus Becky has been done to death, has been ran through the ground, but they got me excited for a fucking feud that's been done to death. So, I got to say, I'm excited for Roman versus Brock. I'm also really excited for the four way for the WWE champion. Seth Rollins, if he's versus Bobby Lashley, versus Kevin Owens, versus Big E. You have a lot of quality talent there. All four guys are fucking machines, and they all could go. So I'm expecting, already on the first day of the year, I'm expecting a match of the year caliber by this match. Four guys who could go in there, and they all look to steal the show. They're all going to put on a banger, right? So I definitely think that that matchup has the opportunity to steal the show. As it should, it is the WWE champion. You would want your champion to be in the best match. For the Raw Tag Team Champions, we got the Street Profits versus Rated RK Bro. I said Rated RK Bro like it's Rated RKO. RK Bro, just RK Bro. There's no edge in this team. RK Bro versus the Street Profits. Ah, eh. uh, if, if Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins win the titles from Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, I'd be shocked. I don't think it's going to happen. But on the SmackDown side for the tag team champions, the Usos versus the New Day, you know that's going to be a great match. This is, this is another feud that's been done to death, but I got to say they got me back into it. The storyline's been really good. The Usos versus The New Day should be a great match for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Raw Women's Champion, we got Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch. Like I said last week, I went into it, like really, really, really into it, and I dissected the Liv Morgan-Becky Lynch feud, and I think that now's the time to either see if Liv Morgan can sink or swim, and I think that this... Whole build-up to this match has been really good, and I cannot wait to see if Liv Morgan is going to step up to the plate and steal the show. I think she has to. Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch for the title should be phenomenal. And then, as we talked about a couple seconds ago, we have Edge versus The Miz. There is no reason why this cannot be a great match. Edge is on a roll right now, having great feuds, great matches. The Miz is quality. This should be really good. I think that this card is stacked. This card is stacked. And I'm looking forward to day one. Should be a good show. A show that was okay. Not so good. In my opinion. Was last night's NXT. And this is where I'm going to talk about Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller starts out the show. He's talking shit about AJ Styles. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Grayson Waller in my opinion, does not have the seasoning to be in this spot. He don't got the sizzle. And to be honest, there's a lot of guys that could take this spot. I, I, I would love to see what would happen if this was not Grayson Waller, And say this was Carmelo Hayes, for example. Now, I know Carmelo Hayes is feuding with Roderick Strong, which later on we'll we'll talk about their contract signing. But Carmelo Hayes right now is quality. He could talk, he could wrestle, and people are invested. So imagine if it was Carmelo Hayes versus AJ Styles. Or a Carmelo Hayes type character, or a Carmelo Hayes style wrestler who's out there saying that he's better than the main roster, blah, 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 right? Grayson Waller hasn't shown me much. And what he has shown me was not impressive enough for me to say, oh, wow, I really want to see this guy on Raw interrupting AJ Styles. To be honest, Grayson Waller doesn't even deserve to be in the same ring as AJ Styles. AJ Styles is doing a charity act by giving Grayson Waller a match next week at New Year's Eve. But it's not his fault. It's the WWE's fault. But whatever. I think that this, you know, AJ Styles should win. But who knows? Anything can happen in the WWE, right? That That's their slogan. So we'll see what happens. But next year, I mean next year, next week's New Year's Evil will be a good card. We have the matchup between, in the NXT world title matchup, we're going to have Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa. Should be a good match. We're going to have AJ Styles versus Grayson Waller. We're going to have Matt Riddle teaming up with with MSK versus Walter and the rest of Imperium. It's it's going to be a stacked card for NXT. I'm going to check out NXT New Year's Evil next week. Uh, One match that did step out of the pack on this show was... Solo Sokoa versus Escobar Santos. That was a good matchup. I like their chemistry. I think these guys could have a long feud. And Escobar Santos should be wrestling for the NXT champion. This guy is a star. He's very rouche like I like it a lot. I've been a fan of EO Del Fantasma for years. And I think that this guy is a top star and should be wrestling for the NXT champion. And Solo Sokoa is going to be a big star, too. He, he should be with the bloodline on SmackDown right now. There was a contract signing on the show. The Diamond Mind and Roderick Strong signing with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams for their title unification match next week at New Year's Evil. It will be the Cruiserweight Champion versus the North American Champion. And they're going to unify those belts. During this segment, Malcolm Bivens was interrupted by Trick Williams, who was talking in a lot of slang. And Malcolm Bivens then translated it for, for a lack of a better term, the white people in the room. It was a funny segment, but could be taken a little bit racist. A little bit racist. A little racist. To have two black men coming out and Cutting a promo and we need another black man to translate to the white people in the room. Uh, Could be a little bit in poor taste. I I don't know. I don't think it's cool to say, Oh, well they're speaking for a lack of a better term black. So we need another black guy to translate it. It's a little fucked up. Like it's a new day. You know, I mean, let let them cut their promo the way we cut their promo. and We don't need no translation like that's just how trick Williams wants to cut his promo. That's it. Leave it alone. That's cool. I think trick Williams promo sounded dope because it sounded realistic. We didn't need Malcolm. I mean, like I said, like they were going for comedy, but it just could be taken the wrong way. If you're thinking of it like that. I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. These... The, the the show... Not to get all, you know... Political and racial here, but... The show is booked by a majority who I believe... I don't know who's really writing the show. I hear it's Shawn Michaels, Jeremy Borash. The show is written by white folks. And they're going to have a black guy cut a promo, and have another black guy translate it for the rest of the world. It's a little racist. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, how do you even pitch that? How do you even pitch that? Oh, well, you're going to cut a promo. We need the black guy on the other team to translate your promo because the white people will understand. Like, it's stupid. Anyway, the segment was, that. it was all right. I'm really looking forward to Carmelo Hayes and Roderick Strong next week. I hope Carmelo Hayes wins. I'm a fan of Roderick Strong. Always was a fan of Roderick Strong, but I am a huge fan on Carmelo Hayes. I like Trick Williams. I like Trick Williams a lot. I think that Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are going to be a great, great team. I think that they're going to be a great team for the future. I like Carmelo Hayes right now as the face of the newer version of NXT. Him and Braun Breaker, I think right now, are the top guys here in NXT. Okay episode of NXT, the go-home show before New Year's Evil. Like I said, it was all right. I definitely think that NXT needs some help. And I think that the WWE knows NXT needs some help. That's why they're giving some main roster guys spots on their top show next week. That's why we're seeing Riddle come back to NXT. That's why we're seeing AJ Styles on NXT. So, it's going to be interesting to see where New Year's Evil has in store for us. But, I'll tell you what ECW has in store for us. Hell of a fucking show for ECW Hardcore TV. We're going to get into that right now. It's Wednesday. We end every Wednesday show with a little ECW Hardcore action. So, let's get into that right now Ladies and gentlemen, like we talk about every Wednesday, we're going to be getting into ECW Hardcore TV. This episode, we'll be talking about October 11, 1997. On this episode, we have one of the most historic matches in ECW history, as well as the debut of an ECW legend and future ECW champion. This was a really heavy wrestling-centric show with a lot of great action, a lot of great matches, and we're going to get to all that right now, but we're going to be talking about one of the bloodiest main events in ECW history, this 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 match is known as one of the bloodiest brawls in ECW history, and it may not be between any of the legendary ECW stars you may think it is by, this match is between a female valet versus a male manager, We'll get into all that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Extreme. ECW Hardcore TV, October 11th, 1997. The show starts off with Joey Styles welcoming us to the ECW Arena. He brings out the sexiest man alive, Jason. And Jason says to show his appreciation to the fans here, he's going to bring out his newest acquisition, his newest find. And he said his newest find is just incredible. So Joey Styles is like, oh, who is it? Then out comes a maskless Aldo Montoya, shaved bald, and he says, oh, you are Justin Credible. And he's, Justin Credible says, no, my name is Justin Credible. Anyway, he probably faces Joey Styles. Joey Styles gets out the ring. And that starts off the show. We have, for the first time ever, Justin Credible versus Jerry Lynn here in ECW. This is a match between two newcomers to the company. But two guys who will go on to both become ECW champions in the future. This was a lot of innovative action. Amazing chemistry between these two guys. And they have a long, long feud after this. But Justin Incredible and Jerry Lynn have one hell of a matchup. It is ended when Justin Credible hits a cradle pile driver on Jerry Lynn. Very fun matchup. I enjoyed it. Right after this match, we're shoot... We're shooting right into another really good wrestling-centric matchup. It is Mr. No Gimmicks Needed representing the Triple Threat. Chris Candido versus Lance Storm. What a great matchup. Two former tag team partners. If you remember, Lance Storm used to be in the Triple Threat. Just incredible. I mean, not just incredible. Lance Storm and Chris Candido really have great chemistry. And I know I say that a lot. But. Go out of your way to see this matchup. This matchup got a lot of time. A lot of time. But not one second of this matchup was boring. In the end, Chris Candido hits the blonde bombshell. Picks up the victory. Really good matchup. The main event of this show was Rob Van Dam and Bill Alfonso versus Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillicuddy. It was supposed to be a mixed tag matchup. That does not lead to a tag team matchup. It indeed leads into a singles matchup, but not between Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer. What happens here is Sabu, who had a match with Sandman earlier in the night, which was talked about last week on ECW Hardcore TV, he attacks Tommy Dreamer. They destroy Tommy Dreamer with some hard, stiff chair shots. Tommy Dreamer then gets a chair right to the face, skateboarded into his face by Rob Van Dam. And then they set up the table. They do the double, you know, the the legendary double leg drop from the top rope through the table that Van Dam and Sabu does often as their main tag team finisher. They do that on Tommy Dreamer, and Tommy Dreamer is injured on the outside. They absolutely destroy Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer needs medical attention. This leads to... A very historical matchup in ECW history. This leads to Beulah McGillicuddy versus Bill Alfonso. And this was an absolute bloodbath. Bill Alfonso was bleeding buckets in this matchup. They beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. But Beulah McGillicuddy wins the match. A woman beats the man, Bill Alfonso. She wins the matchup. When she hits the tree of woe, drop kick into the chair made famous by her man, Tommy Dreamer. And then she hits the Beulah Conrana. What a freaking matchup. Go out of your way to see the October 11th, 1997 episode of ECW Hardcore TV. A little behind the scenes story. This matchup saved Bill Alfonso his job with ECW. There was a mole in the company. Somebody who was giving WCW, ECW contacts. And one of the contacts was Bill Alfonso. And Bill Alfonso was caught red-handed trying to negotiate with the WCW. And what saved his job was him putting his body on the line and needing a fucking blood transfusion by losing so much blood in a matchup with Beulah McGillicuddy, one of the heart and souls of ECW. What a matchup. This saved Bill Alfonso's job with ECW. In the end, Be- Beulah McGillicuddy puts up the crucifix pose like her man Tommy Dreamer does. The crowd chants, This is awesome. She's hardcore. And of course, EC Dub, EC Dub, EC Dub. What a moment in history. What a great episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Go out of your way to see this episode. I'm telling you, from the start of the show, Justin Credible versus Jerry Lynn, to the body of the show, Candido versus Lance Storm, and then the legendary main event of Beulah McGillicuddy versus Bill Alfonso, a matchup that you would not expect from a valet versus a manager. You got to see this show. This episode gets a strong five out of five for me. I love this show. Make sure you go out of your way to see it. New Year's Eve is this Friday, and like we had a show on Christmas Eve, we will have a show on New Year's Eve. So make sure you tune in on Friday to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at WrestlingDeLoreanPod. Follow us on TikTok at WrestlingDeLoreanPod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore Pod, Subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure we end the year right. We're ending the year right on the last day of the year here On the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. So make sure you tune in on Friday. I love you guys. Peace out. Stay safe.